UFO round table. The UFO thinker in pursuit of the paranormal podcasts. Okay, so welcome back to another monthly roundup roundtable with myself, Frank, UFO Thinker Podcast, with Ash and Greg from Pursuit of the Paranormal Podcast slash UFO Identified. How are we doing, chaps? Good, good. Good to see you again, Frank. And this is our 12th roundtable. We've been doing this almost a year, which is crazy. That's insane. Yeah, it is pretty bizarre, isn't it, how quick that's gone? I mean, uh, I think, are, are we classing this as like the anniversary episode then, or, or what are we saying? We've not planned any theme for an anniversary <laughs> one, have we? <laughs> we can do that next one. We can do that next yeah, because yeah, we're, yeah, we're missing Dave today, aren't we? So Yeah, that's right. Although I think the first ever one that we did, was that just the three of us? I can't I think actually it might remember. Have been. I don't know. Yeah, well, anyway, we're, we're, we're back to where it all began, if that was mm. the case. And if it wasn't the case, then we'll, we'll celebrate properly with Dave <laughs> ne- next time. So, yeah, obviously, as as kind of we've just been hinting at, we are a bit light on the ground today, uh, as Dave is otherwise engaged currently. So just the three of Terrible. us hold, holding the fort. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so anything exciting been going on uh, with you guys before we get in? Um. Not really, not really. Um, no. <laughs> fair, fair, hey, fair enough. It's been one of them months, does it? That's all right. Yeah, it has. It's been, yeah, it's been a strange month. Really, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We nothing did... really major's been happening with us. Busy planning Minicon twenty three. That's what all yeah. my time goes on at the minute. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's shaping up quite nicely, isn't it? You've got some great speakers and things on there, and I'm looking forward to that. Should be a good mm. good day. Yeah, not long Definitely. announced Dr. Daniel Stubbings as our next speaker. Yeah. Brand new research and presentation that we're delivering, so excited to, to hear more about that. Yeah, excellent. And uh, yeah, I'd actually spoken to him at the uh, at the last um, uh, minicon, and I actually had a, quite a long chat with him. Very, very interesting guy, and I'm, I'm really excited yeah. to hear what he's got to say. You know, when he when he does his his kind of talk on uh, on the day, so that'd be really good. And uh, is there still early bird tickets available? Yep, until May the eighteenth. So there's about three weeks left to get early bird tickets at ufoidentified.co.uk. Yeah, so there we go, folks. If you're in, if you're in the the UK, it might be worth a bit of a road trip, and especially if you're in like, the northwest, you can pop along to it quite easily. So that'd be definitely worth uh, worth coming along to. Definitely. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's been a fairly quiet month in in general in terms of UFO happenings. Um, there's been things kind of bubbling away here and there, but I think the 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 main thing really has been the the hearing which took place. Um, there's been some weird and mysterious cattle mutilation bits and pieces that have been going on as well uh, and uh, as always the usual predictions of, of big things coming anytime and all the rest of it the, the crystal balls have been out once again um but we'll, we'll we'll talk about all of that uh and we'll get stuck into the the hearing first because obviously that's the kind of the main thing so um So Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the DOD's All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, 
um, otherwise known as Arrow, testified at a special hearing before the Senate Armed Service Committee's subcommittee on emerging threats and capabilities. Now, I talked about this quite a lot yesterday, um, so I won't go into too much detail. I thought it'd be interesting just to see what you guys thought and, and chat a bit about it. But I'll do a, a quick rundown of, of the few kind of a few interesting bits, and then we'll just go from there. So cool. Kirkpatrick said uh, that Arrow's tracking approximately 650 cases involving UAP, uh, collected primarily from US government sources. He said that in addition to a quarterly report set to be delivered to Congress in, in the days ahead, the next annual report is expected to be delivered as early as June or July. They've had the Arrow Office, this is, have had testimony from various people, such as Bob Salas and Dr. Jacobs, who we've spoken about on the show uh, over the last couple of roundtable uh, episodes. We've spoken about them a bit. However, it's kind of unclear as to what they're actually going to do with that testimony. It appears that they're treating them as kind of single data point cases, uh, which, you know, perhaps may be nothing more than being added to that historical report, which they're required to generate. But again, time will tell, I suppose, on that. You know, we've we've learned that the secure system that the, they've been talking about is is not not really set up at this stage. The the twenty odd people that have supposedly come forward weren't through the secure system. The secure system was where the the, the much speculated about whistleblowers would be coming out through, and and there's no sign of that just yet. And obviously, there's the the video that was released as well, which is quite an interesting bonus. Uh, bearing more than a passing resemblance to the fabled Mosul Orb, which uh, Jeremy Corbell released. Um, so, um, yeah, I've, I've not had a chance to dig into that one too much in terms of the analysis and things like that of the the video itself, but that might be a good place to start. So what what did you guys reckon about the video and any other thoughts that you might have about the, the hearing in general? And perhaps start with you, Greg, if you're up for it, mate. Yeah, so me and Ash had spoken about this off-air as well yesterday when we were recording. And so I tried to watch it two times before the final time I watched it. And I I found it very slow, very almost felt scripted, personally. Well, I know he was reading from a report, so I, I get that. But it did seem like he didn't want to be there. That was the impression I got. Um, uh, but at that point, I thought, uh, it just seems like a tick box, tick box exercise. Then I watched it again today, just in preparation, just to update my notes. And I got more out of it today. I, The third time of listening, I was listening out for specific bits. And I did... Um, there, there was a few bits that I thought to myself... Is he being set up to fail? Because like you just mentioned, um, they're supposed to have this like public-facing reporting website portal thing, um, which he said it's ready to go, but it needs approval And since Christmas. And he said, he said they, um, Senator Gillibrand said to him, um, when is it going to happen? And he's like, I don't know. Um, 
also, so he kept saying that he wanted people to keep referring witnesses and, and people to him. Um, but he wanted those to be prioritized because there's only a few of them doing the work. So I get that with this public portal that it will allow a better way of capturing data and the, the data source that they want. So I suppose at the moment they're just there's too many people, too many things come in with too little people as a resource. So that was one thing that I did um I did take from it. Also the fact that it was questioned about who he reports to. Um and the she mentioned, Do you need me to change who you're reporting to in the next sort of like budget review type thing? I also, one thing that did strike me was the fact that a lot of the questions related to the fact that UAPs, when there was no mention of it being anything other than a, an adversarial technology, one of the, the women that questioned him or referenced the fact that about them being foreign adversaries, he, there was no mention of it being anything other than advanced tech from another um another nation and that was what i got from it um and the fact that he wants it to make them seps and somebody else's problem which on the face of it it kind of sounds like he's just shrugging it off a bit but then i listened to it again and he was saying he wants to turn these uaps if they're not a uap and they become known whatever they might be, a Chinese balloon or whatever, that then they become somebody else's problem. And that's his aim, is to get rid of all the ones that they can as being known objects and move them to somebody else. So the third time of listening, I actually got more out of it because I didn't, I wasn't on the back foot thinking, oh, this is just a, a tick, box, tick box exercise. Don't know why I can't say that. But but that, that was my thought. What do you think, Ash? So, yeah, I mean... I struggled to get through it like you did, and it's just boring to listen to. You know, he's talking about UFO, and it's like, mm. well, UAP, and this is what I've been waiting for, and all this hype, and then just sat listening to him drone on with that monotone voice. It is difficult to to keep paying attention to. And our episode this week was about AI and how we could use AI in sort of part of investigations and paranormal investigations. And one of the things that are, is good about AI is that you can feed it video. And it would just like summarize that video for you. I was like, I wish I did that for this video. Just give it AI to watch and then just say, tell me the best bits about this video. Um, but I mean, some of Jilly Brand's comments are quite interesting. Uh, just about like, obviously seen his progress, but still stigma. And still trying to sort of get that out about being able to report stuff and like sort of non-disclosure, that sort of stuff, still sort of working on that so more people can be more reporting stuff. But I thought Kirkpatrick himself, I said, didn't seem interested. He's a bit sarcastic, especially at one point where near, near the start, when he says the DOD fully appreciates the eagerness of American public to quickly resolve every UAP encountered across the globe from the, sorry, I can't read my own notes. <laughs> the DOD fully appreciates the eagerness of the American public to quickly resolve every UAP encountered across the globe in the distant past until today. I'm like, you sarcastic bugger. Like, 
I know people are like that. I know what the UFO community is like. But just seem to say it like that, I was just like, cheeky bastard. Like, forget where he's coming from, but still, just to say it like that, I just thought, yeah, yeah, that put me off straight away. I was like, nah, this guy, I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> the the bit that's really interesting was the sort of talking about what is being seen, like what's being reported, the shapes, uh, where it's being seen, and like most of the uh, modern half of the reports, like round or spherical, which is something we see like in our database there's a lot of reports that are very similar and again when we come into the video again that's a spherical object so there are some interesting things i think again they mentioned the funding i think they've obviously think don't think they got much funded in the fiscal uh budget this year they had to like get applying for more funding they said we had to do proper investigation they need more funding so it's, yeah, it's a bit of a damp squid. Um, not too keen on him. Um, but it is still, I think every time we get one of these hearings, it gets out to the public, it gets it in the media. We get Gilly Brown going on the mainstream news channels talking about it, which is a good thing. And I think she is obviously the, the, the spokeswoman that we need to be the face of it, her being high up in the Senate. So I think if she keeps pushing and we just keep getting her support, then I think that would be the key to kind of getting more advances. But in terms of what Sean was talking, Kirkpatrick was talking about, he just, yeah, he's, he's, like Greg said, a bit of a tick boxing exercise. He didn't want to be there. He was kind of like, I've got to be here. I'm just going to say what I've got to say and then just try and move on. But yeah, so that's my... Um, Kind of thoughts on it. Yeah, I did. Def- um, oh, yeah, sorry. You're all right, Greg. Go ahead, mate. Yeah, so what I was going to say, one other piece of information to note, that, and it reflects on something me and Ash talked about yesterday, about AI and, like Ash said, feeding video in and stuff. He actually said that they are looking for signatures of these things. So now that the radar um filters have been opened up that they're getting the data feed um before the filters um and what they're going to do is to look for signatures of these things on the data so that they can cross match that with anything that the pilots are seeing and any signatures that they can pull out to to use for auto recognition of an observed uap and then make recommendations to what to do to radars to pull on those algorithms that they're looking at. So that was that was that that this third time I watched it, and I that was something that reson, um, resonated with me because of the AI episode me and Ash did. But the fact that he said, "Look, we're going to try and find out what is particularly unique to these events, and use that with the radar data sets that we're getting," and throw the algorithms at all this data to see if there's these signatures of a UAP. So the more I listened to him, the more I was hearing, if that makes sense. Um, so the other bit that was of interest, where they talked about the balloon and the Chinese balloon come up, obviously, the, one of the ladies, I think it was, I don't know which one, which one it was 
she said, how can we sustain a response to adversaries? But there was no mention of it being anything other than foreign tech, like I mentioned before. It was all about foreign tech rather than an unknown tech. And her specific question was, how can we sustain a response to adversaries? And I got the the impression that apart from Gillibrand and to a point Kirkpatrick, that the others were in the room to try and steer it away from any kind of UFO related um, sort of questioning and to steer the, the narrative towards foreign tech. But that was just what I pulled from it. It was, it was interesting that they was the less or the more they said seemed to be less about the UFO phenomena uh, and, for want of a better phrase, aliens than Chinese or Russian tech, which it seemed like the others were getting getting on at. But yes, he did say there's a percentage of the reports that display the signatures that can reasonably be described as anomalous. Which uh, so do you have got? proper UAP data, whatever whatever sort of format that comes in, whether it's video or radar mm-hmm. sets or whatever that's coming from. They have, they have got some sort of data that is anomalous to them. And I think it was Gillibrand that said about, like, are they going to sort of give access to the raw data so that other people can have a look and sort of analyze the data? If they don't know what it is, open it up a little bit yeah. and just see if anyone, anyone else, other groups... Just obviously the scientific groups in the UFO community or other communities that can have a look at that data and try and analyze it themselves. That'd be if something like that could happen. I mean, it would only help on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing about the the funding and whatnot and the resources and things that they've actually got available as well. As much as it was very frustrating, this this particular hearing, and, and it you know it was a bit dreary and long and not really too much exciting things going on in there. But you know the the actual effect of that might be to say, well, I've not really been able to come up with a great deal because we need more funding, we need more resources, we need more staff and whatnot. And you know having somebody like Gillibrand there to actually you know speak to Kirkpatrick in that setting and whatnot, that might actually you know help in terms of securing more funding and that kind of thing so you know i mean i mean perhaps to say that kirkpatrick doing all this kind of thing and and delivering something quite nondescript on purpose for that reason might be a bit of a stretch but even even if it's not on purpose the the overall effect that it's going to have is potentially going to be able to you know enable more funding and more resources and whatnot to to actually happen um when it comes to the the eliminating adversarial tech thing and whatnot um and and i suppose this ties in with the somebody else's problem thing as well um in in one way it's quite good you know to eliminate all the adversarial tech side of things because first of all if if you know the chinese the russians wherever else are actually kind of flying things around it's probably quite a good idea to get a handle on what they're doing anyway you know obviously there's been a lot of this kind of discussion around the the balloon shoot downs and things like that so whether or not they actually were 
some kind of adversarial tech or, or not. I, I sort of suspect that they were. It's good to filter that off and then what you're actually left with at the end of it is going to be the anomalous stuff, isn't it? And, and like you said, Ash, I, I kind of picked up on that and talked about it quite a bit when I did my pod uh, about this the other day. Um, he's saying, you know, for the few cases that they have that do demonstrate potentially anomalous characteristics, you know, he's not saying if we find any cases that demonstrate anomalous characteristics, but he's actually saying we do have cases, basically. You know, if you read between yeah. the lines, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it's not a case of like, by the way, there's just nothing, you know, you might as well forget about it, that everything can be explained away. They're saying, actually, you know, there are some cases there that do display these anomalous characteristics. And those are the, you know, if we do filter everything else off, get rid of the adversarial stuff, send that to the relevant department that needs to be looking into that, because obviously that's very serious as well. And uh, what's left is going to be the, the really interesting and anomalous ones. And then the question is going to be, how much do we actually find out about those and all the rest of it? I suppose the, 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 the revealing, the revelation of the shapes was was quite interesting that was actually a bit of a surprise you know considering that some of the other reports and things like that that have come out the the redacted documents that have that have been made available have completely blanked out anything to do with shapes so i was actually quite surprised to see that uh being in there so i suppose you could you could say that that's a you know something a bit that's a bit of a, a step forward uh, and as as someone who does this on for us in the UK seeing that sort of the charts and stuff? I'm like, yeah, this is what this is yeah. what I want to see. The first thing, the first the thing data. I thought of when I saw that was 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 you. <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> is how, how do the shapes kind of compare to what you see in, in you know in your charts? Is it a similar ratio in terms of what's observed? Yeah, so the 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 more than half, so fifty two percent in this report are just classes like orb or sphere. I'm just quickly looking at. Add data, and for this year alone, means we have only got forty-five just for this year reports for the UK. Uh, but again, it's probably just under half. You can add orb and sphere shaped together, so very again very similar type yeah. of numbers. I could have looked at last year's, but again, I know from knowledge that last year's was very similar. Highest sort of most commonly reported shape is the orb shape or round shape. So it's something that is very prevalent across and to see it in the DOD report as well. It's just it was just good to see. And I also like the graphic they put on with the altitudes and it has like so so you could picture it. And so someone's saying to you thirty thousand feet. Don't really think no don't really think I don't know, like visualize it. They put obviously like saw the usual cruising altitude of planes and stuff, so you can visualise how high these things are. Which is pretty cool. So yeah, I'd seen the data. And the hotspots and stuff like off the east and west coast, which we knew sort of anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really. Even even like the, the colours, silver metallic balls, no thermal sort of exhaust, moving like at, at speed at high altitudes. Yeah, it's some really amazing stuff. Really, you think if they don't know what these things are that are flying at twenty thousand feet, then like when we come onto the video, which is a similar sort of description. It's um, something to look forward to. If they, if they get more reports and start putting more data together and seeing how it compares when they've got double the amount of reports and if more people start reporting it and they get more data to look at, seeing how if they do this sort of graphic again in the future, seeing how it stacks up. So 
Yeah, yeah it's probably a good time to go back to that about the video um, uh, with the sort of metallic orb sphere looking thing. Um, I had wondered, you know, what what you made of that ash, and and does it sort of how does it link to the Mosul orb? And like, do you know what I mean? Because when when we initially saw that, there was a lot of discussion about it potentially just being a um, like a puddle, and uh, and then there was a, the, potentially a balloon and stuff like that. But it was just at the end of the day, stills. And this is actually a video, so I just wondered, like, you know what I mean? How, how you, how you talk that uh, as a video, and, and does it make you think any differently about the Mosul orb? Does it look like what you expected? Yeah, I mean, it's what we've been asking for. It's when did you get getting just a still or a couple of stills? You, you can't tell much from it. It's when we see an actual, was it nine second video or however long mm. it is? That's your video. It's like this is what this is what we're talking about. This is what we need to to see. You can actually get some context from it. Rather than just think, and the video itself, I, it, I mean, it looks good. It does look strange. Got the, the small metallic, well, metallic looking ball that's obviously looks like it's flying with the camera off the drone or whatever it was that was recording it. And obviously, there's clear comparisons with the other release videos of or possible orbs and stuff. So. It's interesting they released that one. Um, they've obviously probably got a lot more they could have released. So it's kind of interesting they released one that was similar to kind of the other ones. Oh, it was a bit strange. Not strange, but interesting. Mm. I think to sort of choose this one to release. So it was good. I don't think it is anything. Uh, it's a lot better than what we've had. Um, I think I like Mick West's sort of take on it. I've been following his, um, if it being the the way the camera's looking at cap, I'm not best at describing how he describes it, but the way the camera's following it and it is fairly low down. Like, so obviously, it's between the drone and the, the ground, so it's not too high up. Um, and it is like the same shape as these things that they use. I've literally lost what I'm talking about, but the, you know what I mean? The things they were using that, in that area. That makes yeah, zero sense. I, I, I did actually quit scan Twitter and see the type of thing that you're talking about, but I can't remember what it was called either. It's it's a um, parallax view. It was like a parallax. Yeah, that, I think that was the, the, the main word. theory being put forward, wasn't it? That it wasn't actually moving. The object was actually just more floating, and it was a parallax effect of the the, the mm-hmm. aircraft going overhead so and whatnot. Just followed the sort of camera angle perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Um, once it once he sort of gets it tracked at the start, you see it sort of look at it and then see it and then it sort of tries to find it and then it follows it kind of perfectly when it and it's coming down but it's it's good if we get more videos like that it's definitely something to look out for i suppose it all comes down with things like that to the to what corroboration there actually is in terms of other sensor systems and other points of observation and things like that there's another uh comment that was made as well um uh it was a, a different point but the the Patrick's comment about people, you know, commenting and, and doing their own analysis and things like that, and uh, the encouragement of, you know, submitting that to the the scientific peer review process and whatnot. And I personally, I think everybody sort of thought that was directed at them, <laughs> so I think, but I think that was actually directed at Mick West because Mick West has actually had a, a lot of requests for his is is you know, various hypotheses for certain cases to be put through that peer review process. 
And, and I personally think that that would be a really good thing because a lot of it comes down to, like the gimbal, for example, I think that's one that I, I've mentioned it to Mick West before about going through the peer review process for, the, for that hypothesis that he's got. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I dig into things and look into the, the cases and do analysis on my own as best I can. But there comes a point where my knowledge ceiling is there and the the level of analysis going on is way up there, so I, I can't really follow all the specific, the, you know, the, the specific details of like these sensor systems and things like that. And at the end of the day, the, the peer review process is, you know, putting a hypothesis forward and then having it reviewed by other people who actually know what they're on about, like actually subject matter experts in in that field. And then from for somebody who's like not a subject matter expert, you can review their conclusions and go, right, okay, the, clearly the consensus, you know, amongst the people who know what they're on about with this stuff is that this is a good idea or it's not a good idea or it's somewhere in between. I think that kind of thing would actually be, you know, very useful. And I think that it'd be, it'd be really good if Mick, Mick West did that um with his with his his hypotheses and you know at the same time people who have other alternative hypotheses perhaps claiming that there is something you know truly anomalous going on get them peer reviewed as well you know it's all going to help isn't it at the end of the day to to have a really thorough kind of like conversation about about what's actually going on with these cases um but yeah what do you reckon of that video greg yeah i liked it um Strange that it's so in a similar kind of setting as to the like the missile one that was released by Corbow a couple of weeks ago, one where it's like seven images going in a straight line, and the Mosul orb, like you, you mentioned before, they all seem to be. And I know they're getting data sets and whatnot from military and probably more military stuff at the moment, but it's. It's a weird one because you, like you guys have mentioned, you you don't really get the sense of how fast this thing is going, apart from the way that the camera is trying to track it. Um, so I don't know if that's a, a ploy from the people that have decided to release that particular video, that by releasing it like that, it raises more questions about what it potentially is, and it's it's not as firm in speed height you i think what i'm trying to say is that it it causes more confusion by putting it out with minimal data set of um other sensors saying how fast this object was going so people going well we don't really know how fast it's going it could just be hovering and the drones moving past and capturing it as it's it's moving to probably to allow this kind of comment on it and the fact that nobody can pinpoint exactly what it is. Interestingly, though, I haven't seen Corbell release this one. Normally, he he has the heads up of a lot of them, doesn't he? But he didn't have this one. Although his episode is due out today, I think, of Weaponized, so I don't know. I haven't caught up to see what they're going to be talking about. But um, I liked the video. It was a, It was a clear spherical object of some kind. Whether or not it's known or unknown, probably people or other people more informed, like you mentioned, Frank, that have got a better idea of what it probably is. But it was out of the fact that when we first started talking, certainly me and Ash said that it was quite a dull briefing 
and we didn't get much from it and we had to watch it a couple of times to at the end now we're talking about actually there was quite quite a good amount of data coming out of it the graphs were good the video was unexpected and actually an anomalous object so in actual fact despite the fact that we don't necessarily agree with the way that Kirkpatrick came across with the information the fact that it appears that we've been able to talk for half an hour on the fact that we actually got a lot of information from it so i i think the video was good it was one that probably wasn't expected to come nobody had sort of said oh this is we're going to talk about this particular one Mm. So I and, think, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so just fan Mick, Mick West tweet, improvised radar yep. decoy uh, made from a party balloon as used in Aleppo and other places. And other ones you've got are sort of over war zones and yep. around in the Middle East, Iraq, uh, Syria with this one. And I mean, but you can't take away the fact that sphere-shaped UFO like we talked about is a very popular type of sighting. And like we spoke to people on the podcast. We got Nick, who's a friend of ours, mm. who saw yep. very similar objects to what's in the video over yes. Stock, over Stockport in Manchester. And it's like they're not going to be improvised radar decoys. Um, so if these are very similar objects, then it was. So for that side of it, it, it is good because especially with people that have seen sort of this type of object, like we spoke to quite a few people who've seen similar things in reports we get sphere type is a very common one as we've spoken about so for the government to release a video of a sphere shaped metallic object and that's been that's i've seen a lot of it on twitter people saying like this is what i saw this is like confirmation this is like i the i saw something unusual and so is the u.s government like all the u.s military so that that side of it is is, is good i was just going to say um No, it wasn't. Gone. But I think the thing about the, the radar decoy and whatnot, as much, you know, I say always always welcome hypotheses being put forward because it, it all helps getting the conversation going. And I've said this, you know, many times before, but I, I really enjoy the flurry of everybody throwing the two pennies in on, on Twitter and that kind of thing. As long as you don't sort of stick your flag in the ground and then defend your, you know, hypothesis till the bitter end. It's quite interesting, isn't it, to compare and contrast. But I think, you know, my, my thing with that, the the radar um, decoy thing and all the rest of it is that, you know, if, if those things are so common in that part of the world, sure, they're pretty used to what they look like on sensor systems and how they appear. And it's a lot less likely, if that is the case, that, you know, they're going to have seen one of them things that they see all the time and for some reason thought that, I suppose you could argue that the particular angle of observation and the way that, you know, just all played out on that particular sighting maybe contributed to a misidentification of one of those objects. But when you also add up, like you said, Ash, you know, the the metallic spheres that people see all the time around stockport i don't think there's that many radar decoys in stockport you know maybe there is who knows maybe it's a hotbed of radar decoy activity but um yeah they they are very common that people see these things aren't they and uh, i don't think they can all be explained by that so i just remembered what i was going to mention it was the one of the hearings last year when they released the sort of the footage of that flying past the cockpit and that was a sphere type yeah it was objects again it's just the sort of the putting the video out of a very similar object and they're still saying we don't know what this is yeah that's it i was going to say as well i think 
when you compare this video to the video that we got last time, that's definitely a step in the right direction because that last one was pretty shocking and this one was at least mildly interesting. So we've, we've, got, we've gone in the right direction in terms of the videos that we're getting. But, you know, in, in general, like, do you reckon we're going to see any kind of disclosure, you know, whether it's like full disclosure or partial or whatever from, from somebody in uniform on a podium? Uh, or do you think it's, you know, likely to, if there is any disclosure of that type, it's going to come from a, a different sort of angle, you know? I think, personally, that the only way that they're going to be able to control the masses, and this isn't a conspiracy thing, this is now, I think it will be a government-funded body like, or department like Arrow, or something like that. So it's slightly away from the main three-letter agencies is slightly away from the military as such, and it's an independent body that is still government-funded, almost like an X-Files-type department. Because I think if the if the military come out and say it directly and say, actually, there's all this shit going on in the, the world, and we've known about it for a long time, and we've just been preparing you because that's essentially what what we're getting to. They're preparing us for this. I think it would be much easier to deny and have plausible denial if you've got a a government funded body that's slightly detached reporting into Congress saying actually we now know that ten percent of all these military sightings are not adversarial tech. They're not of human intelligently controlled. Um, I think that's the only way that they can play this out now without total collapse of people's credibility within military because they they would have to admit that they've been aware of this technology and all these things since Roswell, essentially. So I think it will take an independent body like Arrow or whatever it might be to come out and and disclose the information based on reported data that they've gathered, otherwise there'd be uproar. What do you reckon, Ash? Um, I mean, with with this hearing, I think for me, he's they're giving us little bits again where it's just we give him a little bit, give him a little more, a little bit more just to keep the interest there and to keep sort of the public pressure. Because you're going to get, obviously, Twitter, social media is going to blow up when they do these hearings, do these videos that they put out there. And it just keeps the sort of, like like I said before, about Kirkpatrick needing the money to get more funding. So he's just kind of doing, in uh, well, public-facing-wise, he's kind of doing the bare minimum, tick the box, put something out there to get the interest and to show that we are doing something and we don't know what this is, get the public interest still behind us, keep us relevant in the public and in Congress just to justify the office and trying to get more funding. Whether that will come to disclosure at some point in the future, I I don't think it will. I think the kind of, the, the amount of pressure that's been put on in recent years has kind of led to, the formation of these groups 
and like the leak stuff in 2017 sort of made them have to kind of do this at the minute. Like we know they've got this stuff, so they can't. They've got no plausible that deniability anymore. So they have to. Didn't we know they're doing it? So they kind of have to tell us they're doing it now. Um. So they're still going to keep everything behind the hidden, the closed hearings like they had yes this last week as well before the public one. And it's just going to be. We'll get tidbits like this, but I don't think we're going to get anything actually, actually fruitful. I'm not holding out much, much hope. Sadly. Yeah, I think it's mostly about these kind of hearings and whatnot. It's more about being able to just get a bit of a glimpse as to what's going on behind the scenes. And when you consider it, the wording of it all is really fascinating to me. Like that thing we talked about earlier, you know, for the few cases that do demonstrate potentially anomalous characteristics and whatnot. You know, these things are worded so carefully because that same sentence delivering the same points could be worded as like, you know, I can confirm that there are cases that do exist within our records that have potentially groundbreaking capabilities. You know what I mean? Like if the same points had been worded differently, it would sound like the sort of thing that would generate massive headlines all around the world. So they're so cautious about what, what they say. And I think you said earlier, mm. Greg, it all seems scripted. I would imagine it probably is heavily scripted and heavily kind of every point's read through. Cause even if you just slightly give a, you know, a little bit too much in one of the points that gets made, it's just going to be like kind of crazy headlines all over the world and whatnot. And it often occurs to me with things like this, that they might be, you know, slipping certain things in to see what the public reaction actually is. You know, like off the last hearing and then this hearing, the slightly more interesting video and, you know, is the next one going to be slightly more interesting again? Or, the, or the you know, the, the motivations behind it all, quite fascinating. But, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't tend to think that, especially with how tiny those incremental gains in terms of what gets revealed, how tiny they are, I, I don't really think we're likely to see any kind of official in a military uniform stood at a podium saying, right, okay, this is what the situation is. I think, like you say, it'll be much more sort of subtle than that. And and like I always try and think, you know, if, if it was me deciding to reveal this from the point of view of the government or the military, that's the last thing you'd do, isn't it, really? You would do it through, you know, p- deliberately leaking videos perhaps, or, you know, sort of like having people who are not officially affiliated with the military given certain bits of information and allowing them to bring it forward. And then if the public reaction is favourable, you would, oh, yeah, by the way, we can confirm that that's the case. Obviously, they've done that mm-hmm. before, haven't they, with the Jeremy Corbell leaks and things. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But obviously, as we discussed earlier, there's a lot of speculation about, um, you know, people you know, potentially not a part of the government who might be coming forward, whether it's to Arrow via the kind of secure system or, you know, people who might just appear on a podcast or something like that, you, you know. Do you think that that is, is likely something that we might see this year? Is is the all the crystal balls pointing in the right direction in terms of the predictions there? What, what do you guys think? Do you think we'll get that kind of thing anytime soon? I mean, it, no. <laughs> it would be good. I mean, it'd be good to get. I think um, is it Matt Ford just announced he's getting Santa Gillibrand on his podcast. That's right. Um, yeah. So I think. I mean, that would be awesome if, we, like, if they sort of start opening up more sort of pop 
not pop culture, but like more popular ways that they could talk to people and get sort of their side of that across in a more user-friendly format and actually allow sort of open-ended questions and just allow just, yeah, ask me anything type sort of interviews. Maybe that's the way government needs to go to just to be more open. Then they can say to us like, what do you want us, what more do you want us to do? We're coming on your podcast. We're talking to people that are sort of leading in sort of the public side of things, the public sort of interest side of things. We're going to go on Fox News or whatever and, and talk about it. Um, that I mean, it would be great to see. Um, I think the way social media is, I think rather than these stuffy rooms, like just being live streamed, sat around a table boarding, it is boring. And if we had Kirkpatrick on your podcast, Frank, sat like, on a screen, that would be 100 times more entertaining and interesting to watch than him reading from a from a script, glancing up every five seconds at, at Senator Gillibrand. Um, so, yeah, it would be, be good. I'll see what I can do. I'll get Kirkpatrick on the show and uh, <laughs> we'll see what we can get revealed that way. But um, funnily enough, I'm actually going to be having Matt Ford on the show in, in a couple of weeks' time. So um, that, that should be pretty cool. Shout out Matt Ford, doing excellent work with the, the guest that he's been having on, the, the Good Trouble show and all that. Very, very good. So, yeah, uh, any, uh, any bits to add? Uh, what do you reckon, Greg? So I've got a question for you both. So as we've been talking about how disclosure would potentially come about and I put my thoughts about like this government funded body because it gives that the detachment from the military do you believe that whoever in the US government higher military or wherever do they know exactly what all of this is and this is a game of trickle feed in disclosure do you believe there are people there that they see these videos and it's the narrative that they're releasing it like you said the previous video was this super fast shot of a sphere going past this time it's a slightly slower version and and carefully zoomed in and tracked do you so the question is do you think that high up military government whoever are aware of exactly what this tech is. They were forced in 2017 to to start this process. But is it a trickle feed? And they are scripting this whole thing. And it's not conspiracy theory, because I, I do like a conspiracy. But does somebody know exactly what's going on? Uh, nothing wrong with the conspiracy theory now and again. Sometimes there actually are conspiracies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But funnily enough, you must have uh, read my mind, Greg, because that's literally in my notes. The next thing I wrote down was uh, was, was pretty much exactly what you just said. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big old question, isn't it, really? Um, I, I, my kind of feeling on all of that is, you know, just to kind of to take it back a, a step, is I do think that there are people within the US government who know that there is unambiguous evidence and data that points towards things that can't be explained by human technology that I think is I, I would say is like 90 I'm 99% sure that that is the case um when you when we start talking about like the the recovered technology and things like that 
personally, I do think there is definitely, again, 99% sure. It's always that potential chance that it's not the case. Personally, I reckon, yes, there is. Um, in terms of how far along they've actually got in terms of figuring it out and understanding where it's come from, how it operates, the motivations and things like that, I'm not so convinced personally you know that that they've got very far with all of that i i reckon that there's clear evidence of it all but in terms of where it's from you know there are obviously the there are the folks who think that the communications with extraterrestrials is is ongoing and has happened in the past and maybe even still happens i'm not so convinced about that um i think you know, if we had Dave on, I think he, he he might potentially walk a bit further down that path than, than what I would do. But I'm not so sure. Um, and in terms of a plan to to roll this out, I tend to think of it as more there are there are some who some people who actually know the full extent of this, and for whatever reason have decided that that information can't come out. And then there are those who perhaps don't know as much, but know quite a lot, who are pushing for it to be revealed to the public. But I, d- I don't think there's kind of a, a consensus personally of like everybody who knows, you know, who knows about this stuff, like is up for keeping it completely secret, or everybody is is part of a plan to gradually drip feed it to the public. I think it's more a, a tug of war type of situation personally, where. And, and yeah, where the actual line is there in terms of like who knows the most and who knows the, the least and who thinks what about what should be revealed to the public, very difficult to say, isn't it? But I reckon it's a pretty complex picture there behind the scenes. And, you know, I mean, I could be totally wrong. Maybe they do have lines of communication open with the ETs. They've got a Galactic Federation who they've been dealing with. And do you know what I mean? But that, yeah, that, that's kind of... Um, Without rambling on, which I'd probably go on for an hour about that, but uh, what do you reckon, Ash? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anyone sort of current, sort of public facing people know about it, like Biden or anyone like that, or anyone high up in the military would know about it. I think it for me, it'd be more the conspiracy, shallow government that controls everything, black budget just gets fed into it, and they're controlling everything, they know everything, they're controlling the whole narrative. So, yeah, it is more conspiracy theory for me that that's the case. I It's it, it's good to think that they know. Like, with Roswell, it's true. The Curly bodies, there's only a handful of people that know about it. That I means it's the, it's the romance of it. It's the what we all want. It's, I think most people in this topic would want that to be true. So they kind of fall in love with the idea of it. Um, I, don't, I don't think they, they do. I think I don't think we've been told. Obviously, we've not been told everything you know, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's anyone or any group that knows we have this or knows that we are being visited or whatever. That does, yeah. This I don't think there's anyone knowing that. So, sadly, so if that's the case, and like you said, Frank, that we, you don't think that we're they're probably these people are that much further down the journey than probably we are does that blow the whole bob lazar area 51 kind of story out the water because if we if we're probably not as far down the the line in reality than we potentially think we are from hollywood and all that kind of stuff 
what about the people like Bob Lazar that have had publicly sort of come out and said that I've worked on these craft? I, I mean, I've I've listened to Bob over the years, and he seems like a genuine guy. He's clearly not out to make money, or certainly hasn't been in the past. And it seems he is a a unique character. He is a unique character. He's building rocket cars and shit like that before like um, George Knapp and got in touch with him and started that journey. But it, it ruins that mystique as well. If we're saying that we don't really know what's going on. My mind, the more we talk about it on all these episodes and all the podcasts I listen to and all the podcasts we go on and everything like that, the more information I get, the less I seem to really know what's going on. I mean, I don't know what's going on anyway, but I I started this journey before the podcasting with a clear sort of set of what I thought was going on with UFOs, what I thought was going on with all the paranormal stuff that we talk about. And now, as we're a couple of years down the line, I'm even more confused than I was <laughs> right at the start. And to to think that there might be people in government, and it won't be the front-facing people because they're only there for four years or eight years, like Biden, Trump, they won't tell them anything because they're too much of a risk. But I think there are people higher up that, that do definitely know more. There, there has to be. I, I I can't I can't see that there isn't, but it, it's another sort of area of topic of discussion. You've got the reality of stuff that we're seeing now, and we're talking about, and the congressional hearings, etc., about the actual reality, nuts and bolts of these things. And then you've got this murky business of what is actually going on behind the scenes, who's controlling what information is given out. Are they being forced following 2017? Are they now being forced to make it a public kind of drip feed rather than releasing a, a leaked video every now and again? So I, th- I think my personal opinion is there are lots of people that know a lot more than they're ever going to say. And Black Budget is one of those things that why would Skunk Works or people like that, why would they allow this tech to go to mass production when they can control these billions of dollars of money? Um, mm. Because if if a lot of it was our tech or if it's Russian tech, like I've mentioned before, if this was Russian tech or Chinese tech, why are they not using it against us? Why are they not using it in Ukraine? Why Putin would not think about it nuclear bombs i get that's that's a whole game changer but if you had the capability to outrun any kind of military tech of your adversaries why wouldn't you use that in what essentially is a land grab you could just wipe the floor with everybody (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's why i I tend to say like i was saying earlier on that i think clear unambiguous evidence and data that something is going on exists and people know about that and people are controlling it and there probably is a conspiracy in terms of people working together conspiring to keep that information hidden and whatnot because that a lot of the things you were saying there would make you know more sense in that scenario 
Like if if Russia have got bits of stuff, maybe full intact craft, but they just no idea what to do with it, and they've had no progress whatsoever. And the US have done the same. Maybe they figured out little bits and they've been able to analyze it, and you know, use the analysis to develop new separate materials. You know, China have done the same. They've all made tiny little incremental gains over the decades, but nobody's really come close to actually figuring it out. Because as soon as somebody figures it out, like you say, that's where, you know, global dominance just kicks in straight away. You know what I mean? But if you've only been able to just get nowhere with it or, you know, you've got a tiny little bit along the way, then that would explain why they, they don't don't reveal the hand, as it, as it were. If it's like a, a global poker game, you know, you think, oh, I've got a pretty good hand here, but you don't know if the next person's got, you know, a full house or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? And in that situation, yeah. you, you don't reveal anything. Um, and in terms of the the Bob Lazar story in particular, that's actually where I have a problem with the Bob Lazar story. You know, the thing of like intact in craft that have actually, they've been able to operate and things like that. Um, and again, if you think about things like the Wilson notes, you know, that talks about, I mean, again, people have different opinions on that, but you know, if if that is all all genuine information being discussed there, you know, it's talked about as though they've had very little progress, you know, in terms of reverse engineering anything, and you know, a lot of the the insiders have, have kind of hinted at the same kind of thing. You know, Eric Davis has said that the program was actually shut down. Uh, I think he said it was in the 90s. It was completely shut down because of lack of progress. And, you know, like you can't keep funding something if you're getting nowhere with it and so, and so on. And, and I think Bob Lazar isn't necessarily lying. But if you think about what, let's just assume that Bob Lazar's telling the truth. He was involved in a, some kind of reverse engineering program. What, for whatever reason, they decided to pull him in and he ended up seeing this and that. You know, is it, possible that in that situation that they may have made experimental vehicles to try to replicate some like the shape of the craft you know what i mean he said he saw like what was it nine different sources i forget now yeah. I, i'm pretty, pretty sure isn't it? how do we know all of those were actually crap maybe they were all just prototypes you know he said i think he said one of them had a u.s flag on it and things like that yeah perhaps they, they actually have a real saucer maybe it's partially intact fully intact or whatever but maybe they were trying to recreate that sort. I mean, that's kind of what you do, isn't it? If you if you're trying to figure out the design of, of a car, you might replicate that car. You know, like a mm-hmm. Chinese the Chinese industry do do it all the time. You know, they replicate watches and US technology, phones and all the rest of it. The first thing you do when you're trying to figure something out is you copy it, you know. So maybe Bob Lazar has seen some kind of prototype vehicles in operation using not the same tech, but like something that's roughly based on it. And that, that could explain, you know, the discrepancy there sort of thing. But yeah, anyway, again, I, I could waffle on about this for another hour or so, but um, I'll, I'll <laughs> refrain from doing so. Eh? <laughs> it is interesting though. And I hadn't really thought so much about, like you mentioned, the fact that the, the progress they're having with, reverse engineering tech is so slow and because this tech's so foreign that in actual fact these black budgets are just going on craft like the black the sr71 blackbird it's got like the stealth capabilities but we haven't gone massively further than like what you'd see as a stealth craft anymore there's nothing that's totally invisible to the naked eye yet so 
is I'd not thought about it that way that they've they might be reverse engineering it, but they're literally decades behind. They're still working on tech from Roswell potentially, mm. trying to understand it, and that's something I'd never or an angle I hadn't thought about. So thanks for that. Is the thing that I find really interesting about that, you know, if that is the uh, could be wrong, could be completely wrong, but if if it's right, you know, in terms of the really slow progress and you know programs haven't been you know mothballed because they're just slow progress, blah blah blah. You know, think about the impact that AI could potentially have on reverse engineering efforts. We we all know how rapid AI is progressing. I mean, it's insane, isn't it? Like what what can be done now compared to what could be done, you know, a little while ago. Three D printing wasn't even a thing like ten years ago, and now it is. And if you add all of these various technologies, if you add all of those up, think about what impact that could have. And also in the kind of black program world as well, what type of AI they may have already developed, you know, behind closed doors and they could potentially be using. That, that fascinates me, the thought of how all of that, the latest technology that we've been able to develop could, you know, could actually make progress into not just uh, reverse engineering, but like you were saying before, the actual analysis of like data and things like that as well. And, you know, it's uh, it's an exciting time to be alive, really, I guess, isn't it? You know, when you think of it, like... But yeah, anyone sure. got anything else to add on that side of things? Nope. Right, well, we'll wrap it up in a minute, but um, I just wanted to mention about this uh, new documentary, The uh, Accidental Truth UFO Revelations. Now, I haven't actually seen it, and I don't think either of you two have. Uh, for we briefly no. mentioned it before we started recording, but um, we all like a good UFO documentary. Um, well, the, the operative word there being good and and uh, not featuring <laughs> not featuring X Files music and and whatnot and, uh, and Nick Pope, yeah, and well, Nick Pope, you yeah. know the, the the talking heads of, of choice and whatnot. Um, but, <laughs> Very <yeah>. diplomatic. <laughs> always, <laughs> always try to 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 remain diplomatic. Yeah, um, oh, we don't. <laughs> fair, hey, fair enough. Each to their own, mate. Um, but yeah, this this, this one is um, as far as I know not featuring. Nick Pope, and is uh, a, a actual film from Ron James, apparently. And the, the blurb reads as follows, quote, The truth can no longer be contained by those duty-bound to hide it. Officials who interact with the public regarding the UFO question openly acknowledge that they know things that they can't reveal. In accidental truth, UFO revelations, the reality of an advanced intelligence engaging with humanity becomes undeniably clear unquote so i will be checking this out before the next round table definitely worth a watch and i've been seeing some really glowing reviews on this as well um so i thought i could check it out and if you guys fancy checking it out and we can have a bit of a chat about that one next time and, and share some opinions and whatnot so uh sound like a plan. For our anniversary episode we could, yeah uh, there you go I, I just looked on the imdb and nick pope is is in the credits oh he's in so, it yeah. <laughs> oh well well, well maybe it'll it'll completely make us all turn a corner and, and change our opinion of, of Nick Pope and, and give him a glowing review when we discuss it next month, eh? We'll see. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah. But nothing well, against him, just he's in every single one of them. It's like Yeah. yeah if every programme I ever see is Nick Pope's always on there. Yeah, exactly. Which is fair play to him, but 
yeah, nothing personal against Nick Pope, just to throw it out there. No. But as you, as you say, when you're watching documentaries and you do see those same faces popping up, it does get a bit a bit tiresome sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll reserve judgment until we've seen it. You never know. Nick Pope might be the highlight of the movie for all we know. So we'll see how it goes. And yeah. it'll be very good to discuss it uh, next time as well. So uh, look forward to that. I always like just, to... Just uh, add, with Nick Pope, obviously gets a lot of shit, especially from the UK side. But he is very open. You email him, he'll email you back an hour later. He is very open to talking to anyone. And a lot of people who are sort of faces on documentaries and sort of personalities don't. Whereas Nick Pope, he will talk to anyone. He will email you back, like, same day, most most of my experiences. So just to shout out a little bit from there. Wow. Well, there you go. A rare shout out from Ash, eh? On that on on that bombshell, I think it's uh, time to to wrap it up for for today. But yeah, I look forward to that. I always like to uh, you know throw something out there and then come back to it on the following episode. So uh, yeah, that that'd be good to have a chat about. And I'm actually really looking forward to watching that. As I say, the IMDb, I think it's got like eight and a half out of ten or something like that. And wow, it's got a, yeah, it's got a good, good. Uh, yeah, it's got good reviews. And I've I've seen a, a bit of chatter around it and that kind of thing. People saying it's, it's one really, five really... awards apparently. Right, well, well, we'll see how okay. it goes, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 catch up on that uh, next time. So uh, we'll leave it there then, chaps. Been a pleasure as nice always. Time. See you next Definitely. time. Definitely. Bye. Cool. UFO Roundtable, the UFO thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts.